Good morning. I have the opportunity to speak with you one last time uh, for chapel this semester, and I'm excited uh, to connect with you again. Now, this past semester, we have spent our chapel times rooted in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, in part in verse 19, that says, We have this as a sure and steady, steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. You know, during uh, this time that we're living in of a lot of disruption uh, at every uh, level of our lives, we have uh, had this verse, which brings us back again and again uh, to who Christ is and um, how we can live our lives differently because of who he is. And I know that even during these difficult times, uh, it's not always easy to do this. Uh, sometimes I think it's helpful for us to learn lessons from others who have gone before us to see ways in which they have rooted themselves in, in God. And today I want to look at someone from the Old Testament that I think that we can learn from. His name was Jacob. And I'm going to begin by reading out of Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 to 31. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. And so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. He replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. And the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Now, the story of Jacob's life we get from the chapters before this describe a man who had had to flee to a far country, and despite many uh, struggles, he had prospered there. Uh, but the uncle and the cousins he had settled with were resentful and jealous of Jacob, and he realized that he had to leave or uh, face further strife, maybe even violent conflict. And so he had at last decided to return to his homeland with his large family, his two wives, uh, Leah and Rachel, and all their servant, servants and flocks and herds. So Jacob had set out for his homeland with his entire family and his estate, all of his belongings. But as he got closer, he had received some alarming news. You see, some of Jacob's messengers had come back with him and reported, we went out uh, to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you with 400 men. And it's probably here that Jacob's worst fears were being realized. Why would Esau be coming with this small army if not to attack him? So Jacob springs into action. First, he prays to God asking for help. Uh, then he sends over this enormous gift of livestock to Esau with some of his servants. And after that, 
He divided his family and his company in half, thinking that maybe if Esau attacked one half, then the other half would have time to escape. And after all these preparations had been made, and both halves of his family had been sent on ahead, Jacob had settled down to spend the night alone. Now, let's think back to earlier uh, in Jacob's life. You see, Jacob had, uh, Jacob was a twin. Esau was his twin brother. And even uh, the Bible says since, since they were in the womb together, they, uh, the Bible says they were striving with each other. And as they grew up, Jacob had contended with Esau for love and the favor of their father, for honor and leadership of the family. And the father, their father constantly favored Esau over Jacob. Um, and there are a few things, right, that could be more wounding to a child than to know that a parent loves the other uh, sibling more than them. And so when the day finally came, Esau, the Isaac was going to give Esau the ritual blessing that was common in those days that went along with being the eldest was the birthright. It meant that you got the, light, the most of the family estate, um, that you were given this position of respect uh, within the family. Well, Jacob had disguised himself, uh, disguised himself as Esau, and their father was nearly blind. And so it was just enough to uh, trick him and to get uh, this blessing, this birthright on him and his uh, descendants. And so what did he do next? He ran away. True leadership there. He ran away. When Esau discovered what had happened, he vowed to kill Jacob. And so Jacob had indeed fled for his life into exile. Now, I know that in our culture, we don't really have things like birthrights. We certainly have um, wills where you can inherit more than another, but the birthright, this blessing went kind of beyond that. And so we might find this a little hard to understand. And, you know, Jacob knew that he was, this trick was going to get discovered um, and that Isaac would, would never have really wanted to give, give this to him. But I think that that was okay with Jacob because he just, he wanted whatever he could get. And so Jacob, even under false pretenses, is longing to hear his father say, I, I delight in you more than anyone. I honor you above your brother. And I think all of us have a need to be validated, to hear words of affirmation, right? We need this blessing. We need um, assurance of our value that, that we're unique and the love of those that we love most or admire most is, is a huge reward. And we're looking for that admiration from parents or uh, family members or those that we uh, are on the same team with. You know, Jacob's life had been one long wrestling match to get this blessing, right? And it started in the womb. He had wrestled with Esau to hear it from his father's lips. He had, uh, in fact, later on, we don't, I'm not covering this today, but he had even had to fight for, uh, to get the woman that he uh, loved. But it's still really, none of it was enough. Um, his own family with his wives, Leah and Rachel, was uh, a lot of bitterness and fighting. 
um, it was, he had left, had to run away from his own family. And now Esau uh, was on his way, right, in our story. Uh, the man who had kept him from his father's love, from his inheritance, all of these things, he was coming with an army. From his point of view, it likely looked that the next day was going to be his last battle. So it wasn't surprising that he would want to spend it alone to prepare for what was coming. Uh, but in our story, in this story from Genesis, that night there was this darkness and he's attacked by a lone figure and they wrestled for hours. This wrestling, which had uh, been a part of his life from in the womb. Now, think back to what we had read earlier. Who was this mysterious figure? The narrator doesn't really tell us, right? Um, but they leave a few clues. First, there was this powerful touch in verse 25. Uh, some versions say the man grabbed Jacob's thigh. Um, the Hebrew there could mean like a, a contact, like contact or a tap. So the wrestler sort of is like touching him and instantly his leg is out of socket. He's permanently disabled. Um, clearly this person who's, who's wrestling with him is very powerful. Maybe like if you think about uh, when you were smaller or if you have a toddler, right? The, the dad and the little kid wrestling on the floor, right? The father has this enormous power. The, the toddler is, they're holding back from, from uh, injuring, injuring their child. You know, as the figure insisted he must leave near dawn, Jacob knew that nobody could look upon God's face and lived. And Jacob realized that after this was all over, um, that that's why the wrestler wanted to leave before the sun came up. It was for Jacob's own protection. For as Jacob said, he saw God face to face and my life has been saved. Um, had, he, had he seen God um, in the light of day, he would have perished. The point is Jacob recognized that he was wrestling with God himself. When he realized this, Jacob does what he, uh, what one of the more astonishing things that he had done. He didn't do the rational thing, which would have been to say, let me go. I don't want to, I don't want to die. Uh, instead he does the opposite, right? He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And you have to wonder if Jacob was basically saying, what an idiot I have been. I have been looking my entire life for the blessing of God. I've looked for it in my father, my spouse, uh, all of these things. And I have nothing, right? He has, he's coming at what he thinks could be the end of his life. And he's realizing that nothing else matters other than God's blessing. And so God did bless him there. A blessing in the Bible um, is a powerful, powerful thing. God says, you have struggled with God and overcome. And here he was victorious in this night that he likely thinks is going to be the end of everything. Where in, and, and here we go, when he, um, it was soon after that, the next day then, that he meets Esau. And in fact, Esau's welcoming, welcoming him home. The feud is over and he's being welcomed home. This was not the ending that Jacob was expecting, right? And here he, here he is, um, 
God appears to him and is really overcoming the weaknesses of Jacob's life. Um, you know, we see a similar story, if we think about it, in, uh, we can see ourselves in, the, in a similar story, if we think about the story of Christ. Um, so let's jump forward to the New Testament, right? Here is Christ um, in uh, heading into the cross, into, um, into uh, this sacrifice on our behalf, and he becomes weak to save us. You know, if you think about it, Jacob holds on in obedience at the risk of his own life in order to get this blessing for himself. But Christ, here he is facing the cross when he could have turned aside. Jesus holds on in obedience at the cost of his life in order to gain the blessing, not for himself, but for us. Galatians says in chapter three, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Because it is written, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. He redeemed us so that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles through Jesus, meaning that anyone, anyone could be saved. That if we, that, um, we could receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So why could Jacob come so close to God and live? Well, like Jesus comes in weakness and dies on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. The blessing of God, the promise to Abraham comes through Jesus Christ so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the spirit. And this promise is described in Galatians 4 and 6. Because you are sons and daughters of God, uh, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Um, that means Abba uh, in Aramaic means like Papa, right? It's a term of endearment for father. It's, it's that confidence of a small child, right, that we have. Uh, Paul says, if you believe the gospel, the spirit will make God's love and blessing a reality in your heart. And so as we end uh, this last chapel, have you, have you heard God, God's blessing in your, in your inmost being? Are those words, you are my beloved child in whom I delight, are those something that you can claim for yourself? Have you uh, maybe throughout this semester been, been sensing God speaking them to you? Um, have you sensed maybe uh, an emptiness that needs filling? Sometimes we, like Jacob, um, discover that we have been looking for blessings in all the wrong places. And sometimes it takes uh, a lot of difficulty to experience that or to recognize that. Um, but this blessing of God, the blessing through the spirit that is ours through Christ is what Jacob received. And if you have never accepted this blessing, if you've never anchored yourself in Christ, you can start now. Jacob thought that it was the end of everything for him. And he turned over a new leaf and lived an entirely different life. I would encourage you, if you are thinking about these things, talk to your coach, talk to your RA about what it would look like for you to anchor yourself in Christ, to um, root yourself in this blessing of who you are. You have an opportunity every day to live a different life than the one you lived before. So to right now, I just want to close uh, in a prayer as we end this last chapel. 
Dear Lord, we know that being rooted in you, being anchored in you is a way to figure out and to discover who we really are. Uh, we pray right now, if any who have not accepted you, have not rooted themselves in you, have not anchored themselves in you, Lord, that they would sense that today could be that day. And we pray for those who are around them, that they would uh, help, uh, help these folks find uh, out the next step and the next um, step that you have for them. For those of us who have been following you, Lord, uh, for some time, we pray right now in the midst of the difficulties of the last of the semester and the uncertainty around the pandemic, Lord, that you would uh, be a sure foundation and a uh, comfort. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. <laughs>